right, everybody. Welcome. Dan Lukowitz. Dan on top. Wow. We have quite a guest today. This is a good friend. This is a fellow next level mastermind. Mastermind. Zach Racinger. What's going on, Zach? How you doing? Man, I felt good like we were in the club there. That was, uh, that was a good intro. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I love that music. It's good intro music. Well, listen, thank you so much for being on the show. You're an all-star, man. Sure. I'm, I'm flattered. I'm humbled to have you. I've got a lot of great guests. We've had professional athletes. We've had fund managers. We've had all kinds of interesting brokers, investors, the like. You're a dynamic guy. I've loved getting to know you. And I'm excited that my network and my audience gets to have you know, 18, 20 minutes with you today. So again, Zach, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate that. Um, before we get into some of the questions I have for you, I just want to ask what I asked some of my more interesting guests, which is I'd like everybody to know, I'd like you to tell us, who is Zach Racinger? Tell us who you are in your own words. Well, I, uh, I aspire to be a uh, community leader and uh, someone that is looked up to uh, amongst peers and uh, someone with honesty and integrity that has uh, hopefully at the end of my life accomplished a lot. So that's the, uh, that's the gist of Zach Racinger. Awesome. I also wanted to say I'm really, uh, I'm really appreciative uh, of your time, um, but you did such a great job in the, in the interview process for next level that uh, we put you through to the next round. So I don't know if this is publicly, we're, this is, you're hearing it here first, folks. Uh, we've got a new member in our uh, mastermind and uh, Dan did a great job, beat out a whole bunch that. of really great candidates. So yeah, yeah congratulations, thank man. Thank you. And that's been, that's been awesome. I didn't know what I was interviewing for. Mo Bean is a good friend and he told me to do it. And I was like, okay, cool. Why not? And then when I started interviewing with you guys, I was like, wow, these are like legit people. And then when I got in and I started networking, I was like, holy goodness, like these are the people that I want as my friends. I mean, I want a guy that has $256 million of assets under management. I want a guy who buys banks that are defunct or going sideways that are on main and main corners and turns them into quick service restaurants. I want a guy that's underwriting industrial deals. I want a guy that, you know, is tokenizing net lease. You know, by the way, we had Michael Flight on the show a few minutes before. These are these are cool people. And what's amazing is- with I just saw that. He's a smart guy, right? Uh, yes. Michael is, you know, he's a smart a guy. very good interview you did. Thank you very much. Yeah, he's great. And, you know, I think that, that what people need to recognize is that the opportunity that we have today with social media and with with the internet and with everything that's going on in the world to, to connect. You and I have never met in person, right? But we've done podcasts together. We've looked over deals together. We've schmoozed together. We've had fun together. We've strategized together. And now we're, 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 we've got a streamcast together. So that's just I'm pretty really cool. sure you exist. I'm pretty sure. So <laughs> that's right. So Zach, I would like to give a, a big a big up to that actually, in that uh, if your listeners, viewers uh, are at all uh, considering joining a mastermind, particularly in these days where we don't have as many meetups, I highly suggest it because you get to meet guys like Dan or Zach or Michael Flight or whomever, uh, and you don't have to be in their city, right? You can that's be right. in anywhere, Sheboygan, and you can connect with the top real estate professionals. But just make sure you're willing to give 110% to your network, and it'll it'll feed back to you. 100%. I agree with you completely. I agree with you completely. So tell me a little bit. You told me about who you are. Now I want to know what you do. Sure. I work for a uh, firm, and I'm in Austin, Texas here. And uh, I work for a private equity firm. Uh, we work and focus on primarily on uh, acquisition of uh, QSR restaurants uh, land to develop for QSR restaurants. And I know that's 
a big space of yours and I've yep. uh, seen you have some really great interviews with other QSR professionals uh, on your show. And they've come to say about the same thing at this time, um, which is we're seeing a huge drive towards drive as a pun intended towards uh, <laughs> drive through lanes, uh, smaller footprint. And I yes. think uh, that your guests have pointed out before that we're in a new paradigm shift and it was sort of pushed forward by uh, what we're seeing recently experienced in 2020, but it's going to last for generations. And as long as you can pivot, move forward faster than everybody else and pivot your business model, you're going to do well. 100%. It's, it's very fascinating. You know, I love QSR. I'm not really a fast food connoisseur in terms of what I eat, although I did go to Taco Bell twice this week. Um, can't believe I just admitted that. But but what my point <laughs> is, is that you know every single major quick service restaurant retailer in the country is unveiling in 2021 a smaller footprint. Taco Bell is going from like their, their prototype was like around 2,400 square feet. Now it's like 1,350. They're all going contactless, frictionless, multiple drive-throughs, you know, maybe some outdoor games, outdoor seating, this, that, and the other. It's very fascinating. And what I think is, is ultra cool is that, you know, that's an asset class that nine months ago, you know, when COVID hit, like I, I, as a broker, you know, I was selling a ton of shopping centers. The last shopping center I sold in Michigan closed like literally the day that Governor Whitmer shut down the whole state. So out of seven tenants, none of them were in business. And at the same time, I'm watching my QSR deals, my quick service restaurant deals here in Michigan. They're shutting down all the dining rooms. And I've got leases that I'm looking through that have clauses in there, not just a force major clause that says that, you know, if there's some crazy event that happens, they don't have to pay rent. But rental reduction clauses that were written into the leases that would say that if the sales volume goes down because the dining room is closed, we only have to pay 40% rent. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my clients, I, I didn't know what to do. And now, you know what? Fast forward a few months, those stores are crushing it. They're destroying it. I mean, you look at Wendy's here in Michigan, uh, Meritage is the largest Wendy's franchisee, I think the second largest in the country, but they're the largest franchisee in Michigan, period. And they're up in the middle of the summer, you know, they rolled out breakfast March 18th, which was the worst time in the world to roll it out because the pandemic had started. They were up like 17% week over week when they rolled out breakfast. COVID hits that week and the next week and the next few months, they're down big time. Midsummer, they're up 10% from where they were weekly in January. And now I've got these four Burger Kings I brought to market. And sorry, you're going to be excited because we're talking about fast food. I've got these four <laughs> Burger Kings I brought to market. And I just thought about it yesterday. I was in my office. They've got 8.5% uh overage rental overage and their sales are between 1.6 and 2 million dollars per location which for burger king is huge top four sites in the whole state of montana but guess what in 2021 when they get a 30 or 40 percent increase in sales that rent that investor is going to get even more money so it's like the things that are well, going let me on ask you space, dan on top yeah let me let me ask you this. So so you and I talked about uh, previously uh, that that you and I are in two different parts of the transaction. You are typically once the building has been built and they're looking to now sell that triple net or that net lease. I'm on the other side. I'm on the build side. So what would you suggest to people like me or builders on your your uh, audience that has to build today? for the next 20 years. That's the issue I'm facing. Yeah. The issue is, do I build a thousand square foot uh, footprint today and then I look like a fool in three years when everybody comes back and wants to do dining? And in Texas, it is hot as heck in the middle of the summer. Yeah. People do not want to sit outdoors. My parents live in Denver. 
So they don't want to sit outdoors in the middle of the winter in Detroit. Yeah. Could you imagine everybody sitting outdoors because they, they don't have a dining rooms. room anymore? It's all closed now. They just closed up the whole state. So are we all going to eat in our car? I don't know. Listen, Maybe so I, the... my answer to you is twofold. Number one, if you're looking for property to develop, I would do exactly what you're doing. You know, you've got a great niche. Banks, right, that are on main and main locations that don't necessarily need people coming anymore because whatever reason, people don't, you know, they bank on their phone, banks are struggling, et cetera, et cetera. Great location to repurpose for quick service restaurants. So that's perfect. I would say find your stuff that's really, really cheap per square foot now because nobody wants it and repurpose it. Or if you are building new, I would definitely tell you that I think the smaller footprints are here to stay. I think that contactless and frictionless is here to stay. I think that even once we have a vaccine, there's going to be a COVID-20 and a COVID-2021. I think that people are never going to go back to the same habits that they had before. And here's the sure. bottom line. I'm talking to my restaurant operators and corporate is telling them, open your dining rooms, open your dining rooms, open your dining rooms. You know what the operators are saying? <laughs> not not, a, no not on your way. life because I don't want to be sued. Yeah, sure. And, no, I, not, I'll no, point not out. even that. Not even that. It's way more pro- profitable. It's, they're way more efficient. They're making more sure. money with it with the dining rooms closed. That's the bottom line. So I'll, I'll give you a, re- a reference a reference back to a previous episode that you did with Evan Lyons, where oh, Evan yeah. said uh, three lane, they're going to the three lane. Now this was uh, several months ago. So, you know, since then a lot more, uh, ta- you, you mentioned Taco Bell, uh, the new model that they were rolling out, right? Yeah. The yeah. contactless, uh, triple lane, you know, you, you think that Chick-fil-A is doing it well with two lanes. Well, heck, you put another three lane, you know, put another third lane in there. And that actually works with what you're talking about with the banks. Think about how yes. many lanes a drive-through teller lane. There's what eight lanes in a bank uh, a building, and you can still cook everything indoors as long as the vault is not prohibiting you from from cooking indoors. So you're right, repurposing. And as we're doing, as you mentioned, uh, it's a great idea to plan for the future but build for today. So still buy the same one acre or 0.8 acres, still build on that thousand square foot uh, footprint. But so you put a few extra parking spaces today. Or you do another drive-through lane today. If things go back, you can always expand your dining room. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, as you said, for the next year, your Burger Kings are going to be killing it. Yes, absolutely. And what's interesting is if you look at KFC, I put some articles out on LinkedIn. Look at KFC. Look at some of the other brands. They're coming out with kiosks, too. Like Kind of like when you go to Whole Foods, right? You get in there, and then there's like an Amazon kiosk to pick up your packages sure. for the people that are doing delivery. The same thing. They're having kiosks so that the DoorDasher or the Uber Eats or whoever it is, any of those prostitute workers, as I call them, they come over and they go right to that kiosk and they pick up the items and they take it to you. So I think that that the name of the game today is versatility. You want your site to be as versatile as possible, especially like you're saying, if you have room for some extra parking spaces, who knows? Maybe there's going to be changes in the next few years. You want to be able to, to take that versatility and pivot. So let me ask you one, another question on this here, Dan. So you deal with restaurants that are already built. Um, I'm dealing with and purchasing restaurants that are built already. Now, sushi restaurants, for example, have huge dining rooms that are completely empty all day, all night, empty. They're DoorDash and Favor and Uber Eats. They're streaming in and out. And some people come in for lunch. Now, what do you do with all of that extra seating? You still have to pay for it, right? Like it's you're still paying all the time for it, but you're generating profit through the delivery and through the bar, you know, the quick quick in and out uh, business, no longer the waiter uh, business. What do you do with all that extra floor plan? 
so I personally would repurpose it. I would make some like almost like a sous chef. I would make an extra couple, you know, sections in the dining room for preparation, so that you know there's a sous great chef idea that I love, and they're just slammed. They don't do DoorDash or Uber Eats or any of those other things. I think for food safety issues, best sushi place in in Michigan. I'll give them a shout out, Noble Fish. I love them. I almost don't eat sushi anywhere else in the country. Because I love Noble so much, that was the hardest thing about being in Scottsdale for a month. But anyway, my point is, is that same thing. No Uber Eats, no, none of that stuff. You can call ahead, you can order online, and then they have a bunch of different lines that you can walk into: the phone line, the on, you know, the online ordering line, and and their dining area um, is also open now. They just did a huge renovation, but they're running such an efficient, you know, ship that they've got a guy that's literally all he does. He's like the spicy salmon guy. He chops up all the salmon, puts in that spicy mayo, gives it a little bit of his Asian love, all that good stuff. And that's all he's doing, right? And then you got the guy that's weighing out the spicy salmon. He's like, okay, this is four ounces, four ounces, four ounces. And they're just, boom, they're going, going, going. And I think that that's, that's the key here, right? Is and, and Asians are great with efficiency anyway, so it's perfect. So anyway, my point is is that I would repurpose that space and, 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 and work on your bottom line. Your bottom line is number of orders per hour. Fact. That's why Chick-fil-A is crushing it. I mean, they're putting, <laughs> I was talking to somebody, they had 700 orders go through in one hour. That's insane. How do you do that? And they do that by, by providing service. They do that because they've got a guy or a gal with an iPad running out to the car. They do that because they've got the, the double or triple drive through. It's insanity, but it works. And, and by scarcity, right? You're open six days a week. You've got to get your six days in because on that seventh day, no Chick-fil-A. So there you go. Uh, you know, they're doing it. They're doing on six days uh, at 39 percent growth year on year. Uh, what everybody else Chipotle is doing, you know, in seven days. So and their average good on store them. is doing double what the number two is. The number two is McDonald's and Chick-fil-A is doing about double average sales. It's incredible. You know, your store, your average Chick-fil-A is, is selling over over $4 million a year. So those are great assets, right? That's why they trade in the low fours or even in the high threes. It's incredible. We recently sold a few Chick-fil-A's in a McDonald's on the West Coast in the three-cap range. It's crazy. But is it? Well, well let me ask you. So you uh, you do a lot of deals. I know this. You're, you're the man. Uh how, what medium have you found that's been most helpful for you to get your word out there? Are you doing more video? These are great podcasts. Are you doing a newsletter? What's, uh, what has been working for you? It's definitely social media. It's definitely LinkedIn. It's definitely my daily LinkedIn, posting. okay. Yeah, I mean, I put out content. I write articles about Walgreens, articles about QSR. I repurpose articles. I, I, you know, I put a little one-minute breakdown. I show people you know, letters from tenants. I, I kind of like give people an inside scoop into what it's really like in the investment world, and I think that's really been beneficial for me. I also rely a lot on cold calling. I don't do it so much anymore. A lot of the people that I work with do. Um, but we also send out email blasts uh, and email campaigns. I do feel, though, that like I've talked about, you know, people work with me because of me, right? They don't work with me because of a company. They work with me because of the relationship. So it's very important that I'm in front of people's eyeballs. That's why I do all this. That's why I invest the time and the money. It's why I have my show. I want people to know who I am. And that way, when I have a deal to sell, it's like, oh, Dan has a deal. Let's talk to him. It's going to go quick. So that, that's really- that's I think you need to put your, your, your tagline in your, uh, on your uh, LinkedIn. And your tagline is this, provide value and everything else follows. Yeah, you, you like go, when I right? say that? You, you say it's that? So I love when you say that, man. You provide value. You provide value. That's right. Exactly. You got it. Exactly. Got I was it. warned having you on my show, though, that I wouldn't be able to get a word in and that there'd be so much energy that shit would, like, fry. And it is. And I love it, man. I love your energy. I love what you're doing. We've got about two minutes left. 
You've already asked me a half dozen questions, but if you have any others, let me know. What do you want to talk about? Show is yours. Yeah, I, I do. I want to know how I can get you to invest in more of my deals. So what would propel, what would propel you as a smart investor today in today's environment? What would it compel you to invest in a deal today? Well, for you specifically, since I know you and I know what you do, I would say it's your story. Because, you know, you got my attention right away as a private equity guy who takes banks and repurposes them to quick service restaurant. That wasn't even what we were supposed to talk about on our first call a month ago, but it got my attention, right? So I would stick with that story. It's a great story. And then I would just, you know, go straight into the numbers and say, look, like, again, I have a Burger King. It's a $2 million Burger King. And I got two full price offers on it, right? Because why? Because that store is never leaving. There's a story there, right? Look at the aerial photographs. People are circling around the restaurant two times in order to get in the drive-through lane, right? So I would just say, Zach, tell your story, show your numbers, and and that's your value. So so provide value, and everything else follows. So sell your story and sell your value, and everything else will follow. I like that's it. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Good exactly. insight there, Dan. I like it. Hundred percent. Well, listen, my friend. Thank you so much. And thank you to all my listeners. Thank you to everybody on TikTok who's watching live. We got it live on TikTok right now. And thank you to the wonderful LinkedIn community for all of your support. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Dan on top. Zach, we appreciated having you. We'll see everybody real, real soon.